SMQBs. This is episode 129. This is Bison. Hey, listen, guys, I was not able to be on the pod this week. I'm sure it's going to be a great episode and you're going to enjoy it, but I did want to give a shout out. Uh, we learned this week that Steven Strasburg is probably retiring. He's going to leave the game with a 113 and 62 record, a 3.24 ERA, 1,723 strikeouts, and 247 regular season starts. Uh, of course, the highlight was the 2019 postseason where he went 5-0 and and was MVP of the World Series. Uh, we'll talk more about this when the official announcement comes out in September after the press conference, but uh, just a little appreciation for Steven Strasburg, who was probably the most important baseball player in Nationals history at this point, point. Uh, and I just wanted to give him that shout-out. So with that, enjoy episode 129, and leave us five stars. Thanks for listening. Welcome, fans, to SMQB's episode 129. This is uh, Michael Rooster Phelan from Richmond, Virginia. We are missing the big guy, Christopher Bison Nace, who is currently in Italy, stuffing oh, himself oh, with pasta no. and wine. We're terrible for him. So oh, he can't join us. Tough go. But we're lucky to have with us uh, Patrick Milk. Michler, Brian, the Pope, Pope, and Toby, the Pope, Pope, House, <laughs> Milrod. So, guys, yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to announce before we get going. Uh, we're 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 getting good feedback from the listeners and who are contacting us directly. So we thought we'd get get uh, more organized about this and have created an email address so that our listeners can send in their questions and their insights. And we will be sure to address them, unless, of course, your name is Paul Miller. Um, so anyway, <laughs> the email address for, for all of you out there is smqbsmailbag at gmail.com. So please send in your uh, feedback, questions, whatever you want. We look forward to it. One more time, Rooster. What is it? SMQBs. With an S at the end, mailbag at gmail.com. We're going to need a postmaster general for all our mail. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. My need yeah. a separate zip code. Paul Miller, if yours, if yours email is returned undeliverable, sorry. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Let's get to the numbers. House, you have a number? Number is 27. That is the jersey number or kit number won by, you heard it here first on the SMQB's pod, Lamine Yamal. He is a starting winger on FC Barcelona, and he is 16 years old. You have to see this guy play. He was man of the match yesterday against Villarreal. And when you see this guy, Lamine Yamal, we are seeing the next great one in soccer. Check them out. Number 27, Lamine Yamal. All right. While Pope tries to think up a number, Milk, give us yours. Mine's six. Six is the number of times that Yankees fucking pitchers hit raised batters over the weekend wow. in the weekend <laughs> series. Let me repeat that. Six 
times Ouch. they hit batters. The last one to Randy Rosarena led to a uh, benches clearing brawl. Total bullshit move. I would hardly call hit. that a brawl. Maybe you, a Tampa. That's a ball, brawl. Yeah, I was. Preston was about to run out on the field. By the way, <laughs> um, pathetic. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> we'll have more to say on that topic. Pope, <laughs> what's like your number? It is actually I Bison. I was going. I mean, uh, House. I was going there before you did. Uh, not the number twenty three, but the number five. Jersey number of one Trey Lance. Oh, you're Dallas Cowboy. Been traded to the Dallas Cowboys to the surprise of everyone. Except the coach and the starting quarterback. Including the starting quarterback, including the head coach, including the training, including the the entire coaching staff. Yep. Jack loved it. Trade, five, trade five, five is the week he'll be starting. Look, trade, as long as, as, long as you're not focused focus on the Giants, that's all good. All God, good Trader stuff. Jerry, what he's got one up his sleeve. Jesus, he does. He does. What a brilliant move that was. <laughs> all right, my number is one and a half, and that is the number of Miller Lights that Milk consumed at our draft <laughs> before he came around to all of us and said, "I'm hammered. You need to up your game." <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> that is such a lie. That, <laughs> I had that's at actually, least that's actually less than the number of Manhattans that he had over the weekend. <laughs> that's also <laughs> true. I had, <laughs> I had a lot of Miller Lights during our draft, which went exceptionally well, by the way. Uh-huh. And I hate my team. I yep. hate my team. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? <laughs> uh, hey, you can tell from our backgrounds, it's time for our annual college football preview. Yeah. Yeah, we're some of us are psyched for it, namely Pope and Milk. But uh, you know, the season kicked off in Dublin. Wait a I'm, I think I'm the only one who was in a college football major bowl last year. What? Oh, Isn't that true, right? true. All right, so you're psyched yeah, yeah. for it now too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here we go. But the <laughs> exciting kickoff to the college football season in Dublin, Ireland, where. Sam Hartman has obviously transformed Notre Dame's offense into a major threat. Um, The days of mediocrity behind Ian Book and Deshaun Kaiser and Malik Zaire are over. The ACC's all-time leading touchdown passer is in Notre Dame. So 24 years old. Yeah. By the way, they played played Navy. Let's... Just keep yeah, that in mind. Simmer down let's, there, Skippy. Let's simmer did down. You, did you guys hear the broadcaster? There, Irish Skippy. <laughs> did you guys hear the broadcaster explain why the Notre Dame Navy game is an is an annual event as long as Navy wants it? Why? Because after World War II, Notre Dame was in some big financial trouble and and Navy bailed them out. And in exchange, Notre Dame said, we will play you as long as you want. Um, to repay your kindness. And that's what this uh, series is all about. Good stuff. Good stuff. stuff. Has Navy ever won? Yeah. Yeah. They won recently. They won like in the last 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Milk. Besides Notre Dame, who are the locks to make the college football playoffs? Well, look, we can start at the very top. It's top heavy. Then it gets interesting in the, in the third and fourth, but obviously Georgia 
is who everyone's talking about. Will they get a third national championship in a row, which has only been done one other time by who, Rooster? Notre Dame. No. <laughs> Minnesota. Hey, oh, wow. Minnesota. Wow. It was Minnesota in the 1930s. Oh, how would I I'm going to have to correct, fact check me on that, but I'm pretty sure. Um, in other words, it hadn't so, been done in the modern era. Yeah, never been done in the modern era. That's the one. It hasn't been done by Saban. Hasn't been done by any of the any of these guys. That's the one thing they have going against us. Because I will tell you what they have going for them is an unbelievable return of talent. Um, they get a ton of guys back. They're the one question mark. Of course, is the replacement of the forty-five-year-old Stetson Bennett. Looks like they're going with Carson Beck, who has been there. A few years now, I think he's a red short, red shirt sophomore. They have an unbelievable schedule to their advantage. Um, I think their toughest game during the regular season is probably at Tennessee, at which Tennessee, which doesn't say much. No, no. Uh, they get one. I mean, South Carolina meh, at home. No LSU. No Alabama. No Ole Miss. No A and M. The top wow. teams in the West they don't play. Uh, so. It's hard to to. I think they're the overall consensus to have them as the in the number one slot. I have they have a plethora of five star talent. We talked about it last year when they went up against TCU and and just overmatched them completely. They have, I think I saw fifteen of twenty four starters coming back. A lot of them on defense. Defense is going to be sick. So I mean until something happens there. I mean, they're just such a complete team. Even if Beck went down, I'd still have them in there uh, in the national championship. Um, I, I I'll put, I'll put them at, at number one. Um, I think if you're going to put a num- another sec team, and I don't think that'll happen this year, like you got to go with either LSU or Bama. Um, those are the, that's probably the second best teams coming out of there. LSU, I think, has the slight advantage, and I'll let you talk about Bama Pope, but they're they return a lot of players. Most importantly, Jaden Daniels, their quarterback. I think he's gonna have a phenomenal year. He first year last year, he had some struggles, but I mean, I think Brian Kelly shocked everybody. And um, and of course they had that uh the awesome win against Bama in that unbelievable game uh in Baton Rouge. That's going to go down to that November 4th game, uh, LSU at Bama. I think Bama's going with Milrew or Jalen Milrew. Pope, you know, we're probably starting up. with Milrew over uh, Ty Simpson. I think Milrew is he, he's a better runner, um, and he's probably gives you more versatility on offense. Ty Simpson's got a pro arm. Um, and, you know, Saban actually said today that he wasn't, he wasn't this year. He wasn't doing the organizational depth chart. Didn't didn't want people to get confused by that, which means to me he probably still hasn't decided who's going to start uh, on Saturday. But my my guess would be Milrow just because of experience. Yeah, he's shaking it up at seventy two. So <laughs> yeah. you know, look, uh, th- those two have to play each other. The West is much stronger, top to bottom, than than the East. Uh, A&M will have a rebound year, I think. And then the winner of that, if, if it's LSU or Bama, if they don't have a – LSU's got to play Florida State week one. 
That's like that's the biggest game early in the year. Wow. Yeah. Is that this right. weekend? Yeah. That is Sunday. Yeah. Wow. Um, it's it, it's in Florida in a well, if it's, there's not a hurricane. Um I, I still like I like LSU to win that game. I'm not sold on Florida State. It has nothing to wow. do with my bias against them. Nothing. I just <laughs> think they're re- don't think they're ready uh for the big time. And I think they have some questions on defense, but uh, so we'll we'll see. But the, the problem is, is they've got to you got to play Georgia. So you're going to go to the SEC championship and play Georgia and you're going to lose. I don't care who you are, LSU or Bama. They're just a better football team. And that's probably going to knock out a potential second SEC school from the from the top four. So just Georgia, probably from the unless, SEC, unless LSU or Alabama is undefeated. Unless I don't think I don't think they will be, though. I think each of them will have a loss going into. So, that. who do you have number two then? I'm going to the Big Ten, baby. Your conference, Michigan. House. Yeah, Rooster? Well, my conference, the AAC. But okay. I know, I know. But you guys support the Big Ten. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, look, I think I think a close two is Michigan. Michigan returns just about everybody. If you didn't watch JJ McCarthy last year, quarterback for Michigan, he's solid. He's very mobile. He's back for another year. Um, I think he's going to have a phenomenal year. They've got a, an amazing running back, uh, Blake Corum, who rushed great. For over 1,500 or close to 1,500 yards last year. He's back. Uh, they get Ohio State at home. Their toughest game, their, their schedule is almost Georgia-level easy for the Big Ten. Their toughest game is obviously they play putting Ohio State to the side. Before that game, at the end of the year, they go at Penn State. Tough, that tough matchup. Tough place to play. Penn, I give give uh, Michigan the advantage. Penn State's starting a new quarterback. He's young. Um, I I just think the talent level is 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 different. So I've got Michigan and Ohio State going head to head. You know, my only. My only thing with Ohio State is, and they've got a ton of talent coming back too. And if you remember the semifinals last year, they played Georgia the toughest. And that was because their recruiting classes over the last few years are almost to the level of Georgia. They get five-star players. They are top three consistently. They have the talent. I give I, I give Michigan a slight edge just because Ohio State is having to replace Stroud. Um, and I don't think they've even, as of today, decided on their starting quarterback. I think it's going to be Devin Brown, um, but they still have not named him. Didn't that, didn't, in that Georgia Ohio State game, didn't Marvin Harrison got hurt? Yep. Like yeah. it was, it was, he it was a relatively close game. He, he was Harrison rolling in that game before he got yeah. hurt too. Yeah, yeah. Marvin Harrison's a Heisman candidate. So I mean, they're they are stacked too. I I just ha- I give a slight edge to Michigan just do the veterans that they have and a little bit more experience. But if you could very easily see both Michigan and Ohio state getting into the college football playoff, even one of them had one of them's undefeated. One of them has one loss. So I'm reserving Georgia, Michigan. I'll put Ohio state four or three, um, which leads to the ACC. Uh Oh, Uh, Oh, everyone's talking about Florida State. Don't buy into the hype. I think they're wow. absolutely overrated. Wow. They have a tough first game against LSU. 
They have to then go to Clemson a couple weeks later. I'm not buying into their defense. I saw if you see what if you go back to last year and you saw see what Ohio State did or Florida State did, they played shitty teams at the end of the year when they went on that run and they won six or something in a row against losing record teams. Florida put up 40 on them or something like we almost beat them in Tallahassee last year. The Gators, who are terrible. Um, I know we had Richardson, but still. I think they. Sh- I think their defense is a is a question mark. I think they're going to lose LSU. I think they're going to go to Clemson and lose lose that game. That's two wow. losses. Wow! Wow! They're going to win yeah. any games. And, and I like they returned ninety one percent of their players. Milk, you got a mo and mo and twelve. I don't. <laughs> I, yeah, they lose every game. Uh, <laughs> but they're, I'd I be so depressed. So who are you slotting in at number three? Yeah. Who's I'm going to play your four. I like Clemson. I like oh, Clemson. Wow, I think Clemson. that's gross. No, hey, wow. Clip, Clip. Now they've got a. They have a. Their schedule is amazing. Doug, they have a picture two, of you with. I know. I was going to say. FSU, UNC, Notre Dame, all at home. Um, good quarterback coming back, Cade Klubnik. Uh, so, I I love I like I like Clemson. I will say this: if it's not Clemson, it's going to be Washington. The Pac-12 will be the most exciting conference you will watch yes. this year. Yes, you, you are right. You won't. You will not be able to watch them because you will be on the East Coast asleep. But they have unbelievable quarterbacks: Caleb Williams, Bo Nix at Oregon, um, Cam Rising at Utah. They've got the old Clemson quarterback now, who's at, at over at Oregon State. DJ, DJ Ugalale. My favorite quarterback, and I'll get to Heisman candidate, is at Washington. Michael Penix Jr., if you didn't watch him last year, he threw for almost 5,000 yards. I think Washington, dark horse in the college football playoff. I didn't like what I saw from USC Saturday. If you watch that game, defense was awful. He looked great. Their defense looked absolutely terrible against an awful San San Jose State team. I think that's where they struggle defensively like they always have. I think Michael Penix Jr. is going to beat USC. That's going to be the game of, wow. of the year. Wow. Washington could be your number four. It's going to be Clemson or Washington. Um, wow. That's a hot there. sports opinion, Milk. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the surprise is we're supposed to go to Pope this week. Pope. Yeah, right. Pope. I mean, Pope, I've you're got... up. Hold on one second. Pope, who could, considering the six teams that Milk has in the top four, who do you think is going to sneak in there? Besides those six. Well, I mean, I, I have three clear tiers and milk touched on most of them for tier one, but tier two, I've got Penn state, Florida state, USC, and then LSU, Alabama are like, to me, they're like four or five. Um, and then tier three, I have Clemson, Texas, Tennessee, and Notre Dame. You know, one game we didn't talk about guys was Ohio state has to go to South bend in October. That is going to be a juicy game. Those those two usually don't uh, hook up. So, um, you know, Ohio State's going to need to avoid a loss there. And if Notre Dame beats Ohio State, uh, I know they have a tough schedule, but, you know, it's... I think Notre Dame beats Clemson. I'm just going to go on the record. After wow. Clemson beats Florida State. So, you know, fuck you, Dabo. Um I like Washington too, Milk. I just don't know. I, I don't see them getting into the playoff. Um, the, this is the last year of the college football playoff as we know it. 
Thank yes. God. Right. And the Pac-12 record has been abysmal in the college football playoffs. And so in the last year, if the eye test is a, let's say, a one-loss Washington team against a one-loss Alabama or LSU team that just lost to Georgia, I just don't think we're going to get Washington slotted in there. I just don't. Um, oh, here we go. He's, he wants to put he wants to put Bama in. Well, I just uh, said LSU. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's SEC bias. I, I just I don't see the Pac-12 uh, having somebody. A Pac-12 team will have to run the table in order to get in the top four. I predict. Um, well, I can tell you one thing that we're not going to see this year is no fucking TCU type team. Nobody, you know, remember TCU was not at rank. I don't even think they were in the top 50 last year going into the season. And this year, you've just got too many strong perennial teams. You're just not going to have somebody sneak up like a TCU. Uh, No no Cinderella's, uh, no sleepers like that. Um, I think, you know, Texas is an interesting team to watch. They've got a great quarterback, Quentin Ewers, um, who you know was at Ohio State. Then he went to Texas last year, and before he got hurt, he was playing really well. Sarkeesian's got some great talent recruited, and so I would the watch guy out with the for mullet? them. Yeah, Quentin uh, Ewers yeah. is a mullet. Quentin yeah. Is a mullet. Yeah, 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 he was playing great. Yeah, yeah, he got injured in the Alabama game. So big game. Uh, of course, yours truly will be there as an in-bed in correspondent would be the uh, horns at uh, at Bama week two in uh, uh, in Tuscaloosa. Um, if Texas can win that game, though, watch out because they could they could run the table in the Big Twelve. So I'm going to be at the uh, for. Penn State at Ohio State game in Ooh. October. That'll be fun. That's a good. That be, that's, that's a great good, game. Uh, correspondent game. game. Yeah, that's a huge yeah. game. I I just can't put Texas in the national championship until Texas proves that they can go to the national championship. I don't disagree i'm just saying hey you guys you know if they can beat alabama they'll have a ton of confidence going into the big 12 schedule and the big 12 i, I just don't see it being that strong this year ou's got no. a da- another down year um yeah so you know in the tcu certainly not what they were last year and house you heard pope say there cannot be a cinderella this year do you agree no oh, boy. i mean listen oh well he's got one above him well, I mean, he wants to. We're we're gonna get to the Heisman, but it's gonna be pretty tough to knock Caleb Williams off his perch. And the one team that did that, playing at full speed with his all of his playmakers around him, Tulane went out and won in the Cotton Bowl, forty six forty five to beat USC. So can they repeat it? They've brought back their quarterback, Michael Pratt. They lost their uh, running back, Tajay Spears. They've got a great running back that's coming in behind him. You're going to see, actually, Tulane has a kid. His his first name is Sincere. His name is Sincere Hainsworth. He's a center. He's going to be drafted probably in the first two or three rounds of the NFL draft. So their line is stacked. Their defense, they lost some guys. But uh, here's here's an interesting thing, which I did not know until I did some of my crack research for this week. In the nine years of the college football playoff, um, where they in the nine years that they've given a slot, an automatic slot to one of the group of five conferences, those are the ones that are outside of the big ones that we've all been talking about. 
Seven of them have gone to the AAC, six straight, most of the time being somebody like uh, UCF went there a couple times and and so Cincinnati, Cincinnati was there yep. and Tulane. So so the so the numbers are <laughs> likely that if there's going to be a team from the G5 that makes some noise, it's likely to come from the AAC. This year, the upstart to the AAC was a team that moved over from, I think it was the Sun Belt, which was University of Texas San Antonio, UTSA. Roadrunners. And they they the Roadrunners have a great, great quarterback in Frank Harris, who will get a lot of attention early on. Uh, I think those two teams may play each other. I'm not sure when they are on each other's schedule, but that'll be the big the big game. Another team to look out for in terms of a Cinderella is from the Sun Belt. Knocking on the door of the top 25 in the last year or two has been Troy of the Sun Belt Conference. And so if there's going to be a surprise team that makes it in the top 25, Tulane, UTSA, Troy, and the most efficient quarterback in all of college football last year was a guy named Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina. You'll probably remember when they made a huge run a couple years ago. It was Coastal Carolina and Liberty going head-to-head. If this guy catches fire again this year, Grayson McCall, you could see Coastal Carolina as being a Cinderella-ish type team. But, yeah, it's going to be tough. I think the one thing that Pope really has it right on is – I don't think it's just the last year of the college football playoff as we know it. I think it's the last year of college football as we know it, as we used to know it. I mean, it's crazy that the most exciting conference is going to be a conference that's gone next year, Pac-12. It's crazy that, you know, these games, uh, you know, between OU and Texas now moves over to, I don't know, are they still, I guess they're keeping up the rivalry in the SEC, but that, you know, that that game is over. The Big 12, as we know it, is over. Texas the Big 12, is now going to play A&M again, which is huge down here. That's fun. But the Big 12 is now like UCF and Houston and Cincy and BYU. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's, yeah. So, I don't know. It's uh, it's going to be a fun season. I, I re- am very nervous on the expectations that are on Tulane. Um, coming off of a 10-2 and two season and returning a quarterback who's in the second tier of Heisman candidates, there's going to be a lot of pressure on that team. So we'll see. So we've mentioned a couple of times, we don't think there's anyone who's going to knock off Caleb Williams for the Heisman trophy. I think that Vegas currently has him at plus 375 odds to win it. And the next closest is plus a thousand, but we've never gotten this right. I don't think when we try to predict the Heisman, so it's unpredictable. I'm going to start with you, Milk. Who who do you have as your non-Caleb Williams choice for the Heisman? You no, know, I look. I mentioned it earlier. Uh, I'm I'm really have a man crush on on Penix from Washington. Um, I think he's going to blow up this year. And he look he threw for. I think he's going to surpass five thousand yards passing this year. Um, He's got, and it's an exciting conference. They're pass happy. He's going to get a lot of action. Uh, and I think, I think if he beats USC, that's going to be a huge showdown. Uh, I think he takes the Heisman Trophy. So I'm, I've got him as my, wow, Heisman Trophy winner. What about you, Pope? I know you're not going to be surprised by this, but <laughs> here comes the Carolina choice. Well, I mean, Drake May, I'm not making it up, is... Uh, oh, I like him. 
Yeah, I mean, he's. Uh, there are a number of publications that have predicted. ESPN did that uh, May would win the Heisman. Um, his second year, he's got the whole five tool package, whatever the hell it is uh, that uh, quarterback has. He's um, got a pro arm. The the thing that'll hold him down is Carolina's uh, team is not going to be an elite team this year. So far, best we can tell. Um, he's got a. Uh, a Fairly inexperienced receiving core, um, but uh, watch out for Drake May. I also say watch out for Marvin Harrison Jr. He could go off this year, and I think the you know Heisman uh, voters would love to give it to somebody like him. And then watch out for Blake Corum, the running back from Michigan. Uh, if Michigan has has a great year and he piles up more yards and touchdowns, he'll be another favorite. Breaking news. Joe the plumber died today at age 49. Yeah, I saw oh. that. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Joe. All right. Pour one out for him. House. Um, well, I, I was also going to say if you're going to go non Caleb, um, I think after this star studded group of Ohio State receivers, it's crazy to think Marvin Harrison is head and shoulders above all of them. You know, Garrett Wilson, Jackson, Jackson Smith, Najiba, um, Olave, Olave, and Harrison is like, like in another planet. Um, and I, I do think he's going to be a top two or three pick in the NFL draft next year. And I think if his numbers are crazy, he's going to push Caleb Williams. I think that um, because Georgia's schedule is light. Um, I think if Carson Beck puts up huge numbers, despite the fact that he's not been on anybody's radar, if he's throwing up huge numbers and they're winning and they're undefeated, he's going to be in the conversation. I think the same goes if, if Milrow comes out of nowhere and ends up being a great quarterback, you know, Georgia and Bama get Heisman consideration. And, uh, I would would say same thing for Jaden Daniels. If he has a great year. And LSU yeah, right. is right is yeah, what we think they okay. are. If you want a crazy off the wall uh, selection that will never happen, but he should get some consideration. The tight end for Georgia, Brock Bowers, is a, a man He's among a man-imal. boys. Yeah. He is a manimal, and it would be fun to see him go off and and get an invite. Yeah. So uh, Vegas has Jaden Daniels as number two behind Caleb Williams. Uh, for odds, I'm I'm with you, House. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best football player of all of the candidates, head and shoulders. And if he remains healthy, I think he's got a great shot at winning it. Yeah, I yeah. mean, the question will be, can Devin Brown and or Kyle McCord, whoever they pick, make him look like a stud? Yeah. Assuming they can. Right. Right. It's a tough schedule. I didn't. I didn't know about the Notre Dame. Yep, and Penn State. Um, so let's move on. Who's got a punchable face? Anyone? Don't call it a comeback. I, I, I have to. I, I swung a right last week. I'm coming back with an uppercut this week to this douchebag Luis Rubiales. <laughs> I mean, this the plot has thickened. Um, this guy that like basically tried to make out with one of the it is so sad that this spanish women's football team 
won the World Cup and there's absolutely zero attention to the team, their victory, the historic celebration that they've achieved. Everything is about this guy. His mother, his mother is now on a hunger strike because her poor little son is being painted as the victim. Just watch the video. Uh, He's saying that she consented to it. Oh, my God. I mean, he's they're attacking the victim 100%. It is so bad. It is so bad. And we're going to keep punching this guy till he, he finally does resign. The, the the All the regional presidents of Spanish soccer just came out and called on him to resign. The pressure is going to keep coming. But I think ultimately it's going to be the SMQBs that take him down, which is why we're uppercutting him today. All right. I've got one. My punchable faces are... Randy Arosa Arena and the Tampa Bay Rays. <laughs> wow. Poor, poor Arosa Compoyo gets hit by a sinker on a 3 1 pitch where the Yankees are down two runs and there's obviously no intent to hit him. They're trying to get him to ground out so they can get back in the game. And he pretends that he has to be restrained from rushing the mound. Me- meanwhile, the pitcher, Abreu, is like two feet from him, has walked off the mound standing right in front of him and Randy is pretending he's being restrained and can't get to him. So then he gets, takes first base, steals second, steals third and starts mouth, mouthing off to Abreu again. The bench is clear for a second time. And again, he's just like a basketball fight. His arms are out. He's like, hold me back, hold me back. You know, I, if you're going to, if you're going to run your mouth about this and, and get all upset and want to fight, then fight for God's sakes, go fight him. He's standing right there. Otherwise shut the fuck up. You big wuss. Um, Damn. I'll give you that. He should, he should have charged the mound. I'll give you that. That's the second time he's hit him this year. That was the problem. You know what? Self-respecting batter who thinks he's been hit intentionally doesn't charge the mound. I remember when Thurman Munson once charged the mound with the bat still in his hand. Pitcher was terrified. It's a different generation, man. It's not like Nolan Ryan days. It's like an NBA fight. They're all like, whoa, whoa hold me back, hold me back, and then start screaming like, I'm going to kill you. When Robin Ventura charged Nolan, <laughs> Nolan put him in a headlock, gave him a noogie. <laughs> That was great. That was um, awesome. Pope, you have to give a punchable face to Jerry Jones. What, for Trey Lance? Or yeah, just well, life? not only that, for just this, this, the preseason is over. Their entire focus should be on game one, playing the Giants. And what is what has Jerry done in the last two days? He's announced that the trade for Trey Lance without consulting with his head coach or his starting quarterback, and then just decided to let the world know, you know, I would have drafted Jalen Hurts if he had fallen to us. What the hell is he trying to do? God, who knows? Maybe he's got formal uh, dementia. Uh, you know, he's somebody made a comment on our sports radio uh, driving. I was listening that um, he finally got his Johnny Manziel. Because, you know, he wanted so desperately to draft Johnny. And we talked him, you know, he got talked out of it. And, and of course, got Zach Martin instead. Uh, you know, that would have been quite quite a uh, a mistake by Jerry. But he can't help himself. He loves the attention. Uh, preseason's winding down. You know, he, he, love, he seeks it and he gets it. And, you know, I got to feel sorry for Will Greer. He, Will Greer is told, you're not on the team. 
except for the game tonight. And by the way, you're playing the entire game. And then after the game, you're going to be released. And he goes out and he's 29 to 35. And he is a victorious quarterback. He had a great game. Uh, You know, actually, apparently Dak was calling the plays that game. Dak was calling the plays that game. Evidently, Dak and Will Greer are pretty tight. The rest uh, of the yeah. NFC East loves this because, uh, of course, I'm telling you, I think Dak has a bit of a fragile psyche, and this cannot be making him feel confident. I don't know if he has a fragile psyche. He's got a, a problem throwing interceptions, but um, yeah. and and not arm. winning, not winning key games. Well, look, all you, look, I mean, all you guys do on this pod is rip on Dak, so maybe it's not a bad decision. Well, it's you know it's an insurance policy. He's got two years left on his rookie contract. Um, another interesting thing I heard uh, was Mike Lombardi. You guys probably hear him on Bill Simmons every now and then. He used to be one of the uh, the main guys for the for the Niners during the Montana years. But he was talking about how during COVID, uh, a lot of these guys, especially Trey Lance, they ne- nobody got to really see him uh, the year before he was drafted. You know in competitive uh, football on the road type atmosphere. And um, he said a lot of people overestimated Trey Lance based on his combine, but, but did not really take into account, you know, was he a really good football player for the NFL uh, based on where he was coming from in North Dakota state. Um, And he said, you know, the dolphins traded three, first round draft picks. I mean, the, the Dolphins got three first round draft picks for him. And look what they've they've turned those picks into. Uh like the Herschel Walker trade of modern era. Yeah. I um, mean, doesn't Jerry like even acknowledge that after giving away three first round picks, the Niners are willing to give this guy up for a seventh round pick? Maybe fourth. there's something wrong there. Oh, fourth. fourth. And by the way, Dallas was the only NFL, only team in the NFL that was willing to offer a fourth. There were some others that were Offering fifths. So the guy could not beat out Sam Darnold. Yeah, Why are right we talking team. so much about Trey Lance? He couldn't beat out yeah. Sam Darnold. Well, we're talking about Jerry Jones being well, that's true, but a horrible GM. But he drafted a, a backup quarterback. Yeah. I mean, he, he he traded for a draft a backup quarterback for a fourth rounder. Fourth He's, rounders, you know, some of those players turned in to be really good players. So we'll see down the road. Uh Cooper Rush still though on the depth start is going to be number two quarterback. Yep. They yeah. what six and one last year? Yeah. Should have stuck with down? Cooper. He's gold, man. He's Cooper. gold. Could have been good. the Super Bowl. All right. We let's... all can't have Baker Mayfield, guys. <laughs> Time Excited. to bake. Excited to see him. Who's got a lasso? Anyone? Barbecue sauce. <laughs> We need to spend more time coming up with lassos. We're kind of yeah. There's not it, really... a dry, dry. I hole mean, on I don't, I don't know the, I don't know the guy's name, but I mean, it's kind of a lasso moment. Uh, the way that the California yeah. US team had a walk off home run over uh, that was awesome. Was it Curacao to win yeah. the Little League World Series? Congrats uh, to those kids! And, and didn't Curacao hit a grand slam to tie yes. it up in, yes. in the top yep. of the fifth, and then? Yep. And then the they hit a the guy hit a walk off uh, to win it. I mean that. What are you twelve Plus, years old when you go a little? Curacao has that twenty four year old pitcher who was like, you know, challenging the Mexican team after after he won that game. Well, and and uh, 
I don't know if you saw the the picture picture for Mexico against Texas. Oh my God, uh, he was throwing gas. Uh, he does not look like he's whatever twelve or thirteen years old. But I mean, that's got to be a special moment. The guy may never make anything of himself from a sports standpoint, but he'll always have a walk off Little League World Series championship home run. Doesn't get any better than that. Unbelievable. The by the way, if you watch the international game against Taiwan. They lost, but the Taiwanese pitcher who is bigger than me, literally, he's five eight, like one sixty five. Um, I could drink more Miller Light than you, right? Do. And <laughs> could definitely drink more than two Miller Lights. <laughs> was throwing the MLB equivalent of a hundred and three or something. Wow! I mean, it was absurd. Oh, he'll have Tommy John in a couple of years when he's 14. right. Right, all these kids are going to think fastballs are the are the problem with the elbow. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, who's got a buzzer beater? Well, I've got one that I've been sitting on for a couple hours, and now I'm not sure what what's going to happen because I don't know if you guys heard about it, but there was a there's a shooting incident in Chapel Hill this afternoon, mm-hmm. oh. uh, and a, uh, a faculty member was shot, and they've got the guy. You know, it was kind of a mass shooter fear situation. But why is that important? It's important because the ACC had scheduled a meeting of the presidents tonight to vote on the expansion of the ponies from SMU, Cal and Stanford going to the S going to the ACC. And it sounded like it was a done deal. Uh, Maybe this just puts it off because, you know, in deference to what happened in Chapel Hill, but they, they postponed it tonight because of that. Um, But that is a shock the world. (laughs) When I went to SMU in 1985, the last thing I thought that, Whatever happened is that SMU and and where I you know moved from Chapel Hill, living in North Carolina, and SMU North Carolina would ever be in the same conference. It just speaks volumes of where we are today. And my final buzzer beater, following up as I told you I would on the George Ooh. Addison investigation. Oh, oh the my dog. God! It's going. It's still going. All right. What's going on? It was total bullshit. He has pled to a misdemeanor speeding charge, and it is over. Wow. Ooh. Oh, wow. Dog after wow. a phone. I'll tell you what. Finally runs this down. I tell you what. What a <laughs> sack of shit that guy is. Uh, Why did you punch him? Yeah. I could have punched him. You're right. But it was an update. Punch. It's an update. Yeah, that's a good one. So, that's a good one. I like good that. One. Nice that's work, one. Yeah. Good job. Who else? I, I want to say uh, a, something about milk what he sent about baseball last night or this morning, or whatever B- baseball is in the best shape that has been for a long time. And it comes as a big surprise. Cause we all thought that we were going to hate all of these changes. I mean, we still hate the ghost runner, but I, I don't remember what the stats were, but the average is 25 you know, minutes shorter, 25 minutes shorter. It's been forever since someone had a violation. All the players got used to it. Um, between that and the rule changes with enabling, you know, wild card teams, three wild card teams in, you've got six teams on either league that are somewhat in striking distance. Uh, I think baseball has got more fan bases involved this late in the season than in a very long time. And hopefully that's making the youth turn on the TV and watch baseball. Cause I, I really think it's, it's in a very, very healthy shape. 
Yep. Yep. Except for the Texas Rangers. And they're not in a healthy shape. Oh, my God. What a tailspin. Pope, in the words of Chico Escuela, baseball is very, very good. Life? Very, very good. (laughs) Very, very good. Very, very good to me? Yeah. (laughs) Milk doesn't have any idea what we're talking about. It's something you learned in Nam. Did he play in the 50s? He was a Saturday Night Live character. The Good Morning America, the Good Morning Vietnam fantasy draft. (laughs) What's your buzzer beater, Rooster? I have a quick one. I think in the summer of running back conceding to their teams, uh, there's one guy I think is going to stand up to it and buck the trend, and that's Jonathan Taylor. Um, Josh Jacobs just signed for $12 million. Saquon signed for $12 million. Taylor wants 14 to 15 and he's got more leverage because he was not a first round draft pick like the the other two guys. And so his team doesn't have a fifth year option on him. Mm. And uh, so he's doing this the year, a year earlier. And I think has forced them into a position where they're, they know they're not going to be able to franchise tag him and they're probably going to trade him. It looks like they're probably going to trade him and and accede to his wishes um, if they could just get the right deal in exchange. And don't forget this owner, Jim Ursay, is the same guy who traded Marshall Falk rather than paying him and then and let uh, Edgar, Edgar and James become a free agent rather than paying him. So, you Well, know, that's he, the problem, isn't he's it? He's got a Taylor history that... of walking away from superstar running backs. Who is going to pay him? Like apparently all the NFL executives were, you know, confidentially surveyed and across the board, it was second rounder, no more than a second rounder for Taylor as a trade. So that seems to be the price, but who has that kind of room right now to accede to his wishes of being paid 12, 13, $14 million. Do the dolphins have that room? I don't know. I mean, that seems to be the dolphins most likely landing. Cut a couple of their, you know, B level running. Backs. Yeah. Like Mostert. And, uh, oh, Nelson. when do they have to make this call by? Is it tomorrow? Soon. Yeah, I think it's tomorrow. Nice Bear, tomorrow. Apparently, the Bears and the Broncos are interested too. I can Ooh. see the Broncos being interested because their like, num- number one running back doesn't seem to be back from his major knee surgery. Anyway, uh, be, be, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Anybody else? Yeah. All right. Uh, I'll, big congrats to Victor Hovland. I think we've yeah. done this a couple of weeks now. Uh, won eighteen million dollars yesterday. That's pretty yeah. nice. Nice. Pretty pretty. That's live money. Good payday. Shot a sixty-three yesterday. Guys yeah. playing unbelievable golf, and it uh, gets us set up for Ryder Cup. Doesn't bode well for the for the U.S. over there. No, no, no. no. I. It doesn't bode well at all. Um, and when are have they announced the team Pope or when they're still tomorrow deciding? morning at 9 a.m. Eastern time? Zach will tell us our other six. Will Kepka make it? I think Ooh. he will. It'll be Spieth, Kepka, Ricky, Morikawa. Uh, hell, I mean, do you put Shoffley on there now after the way he played? Yes, uh, Max Homa on it. Max Homa already qualified automatically. There's six guys who qualified. The next, 
or you got Kepka, Spieth, oh, Cam Young, Morikawa, Keegan Bradley. Uh, you know, Shoffley's actually not up there, so I don't know. No, he's number six. He qualified automatically. Uh, he's, yeah. yeah. And Harmon and Clark are both in. Yep. Yeah. I yeah, think we, auto, I automatic or Scheffler, Cantlay, Xander, Harmon, Clark, and Homa. And all the uh, look, all those guys are playing pretty well right now. Most of them. I mean, Morikawa especially has come. Yeah, he's finally come on. He's really I mean, I, so. I think it sets up for a great Ryder Cup, really. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be a good one. Hovland, Rory, Rom. Rom. <laughs> yeah. Strong team. Love it. All right. Well, all right, fellas. Have a good week. Safe travels back, Bison. Yeah, Bison, we yeah. missed you. Not. It's out. <laughs>